Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am super excited to have Olga on our podcast today, back on our podcast today. Um, She is an ARMP Advanced Registered Nurse Practitioner practicing at Pacific Northwest Wellness Center out of East Wenatchee, and we work with her a lot in our compounding pharmacy. She specializes in alternative treatments herself, uh, prescribing them, um, especially um, hormones. And recently, I guess within the last year and a half or so, she had a breast cancer diagnosis. And as you can imagine, she was devastated and, and we that know her were all devastated. So, but she picked another route rather than traditional treatments. And she's going to go into that today. And it's an amazing success story and amazing. Uh, uh, one of the things that we were talking about before the podcast is just how important it is to educate and empower patients because she was a patient herself. Um, but educate and empower patients to take charge of their own health and do their own research. So Olga, Welcome to our show. Hi, Sean. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being on and thanks for sharing your story. It's a wonderful success story. Um, and let's just start start from the beginning. Where did it begin and when did this begin? <laughs> so this began um, in November 2021. So a day after Thanksgiving is when I received my cancer diagnosis. But first, I'd like to kind of backtrack a little bit and give you guys my background. I am a um, Dr. Olga Ribakov, doctorally prepared family nurse practitioner. Um, I love practicing integrative medicine, and this is what Sean just uh, talked about. So I do Western medicine. I'm Western medicine trained from Frontier Nursing University. I also have um, a passion for all the other things out there. And I research a lot. I look into anything that offers success to patients. And uh, of course, knowing the importance of data and research, I look into that as well. And some things I decide to incorporate in in my recommendations to patients and some things I do not. Um, And so I was practicing for two years prior to getting my cancer diagnosis, and that is what gave me a great base to make my own decisions when it came to my own care. So became a nurse practitioner um, and started working for this integrative clinic in Wenatchee, Washington called Pacific Northwest Wellness Center. Um, The reason why I'm sharing the name is just to give you a little bit of background, not because we need new patients. (laughs) We are very, very successful and I'm very grateful for the trust that we get from our patients. Uh, But it is a pretty cool clinic, pretty cool gig that we have over here in Wenatchee. Um, So started practicing loved it. Of course, the pandemic broke out and there was a lot of stress associated with that, especially as a new practitioner. Prior to that, I had 15 years of uh, surgical nursing experience. So um, after that uh, fall of 2021, I really did feel like my health was not as good as it was supposed to. And I did not have any family history of any cancers whatsoever, no personal history of very much health-wise. So when I found this lump on my breast that was about six weeks prior to my diagnosis, that was a big surprise. And of course I thought, 
there's no way this could be cancer. And the way that it came on, it wasn't there in the morning and it was there in the evening. It was the size of a chicken egg right on the top of my breast. I crossed my arms like this and um, I was fully uh, dressed and, and I just did this and I was like, what in the world is there? So it was a big lump uh, that was found. So I had one of my practice partners check it a few days later um, and she wanted to proceed with a mammogram and whatnot. And so the whirlwind began. Of course, I couldn't get in on the mammogram for a good five weeks. I wasn't worried at that time. I was still thinking, you know, this can't be cancer. Well, it was. When it was biopsied, it was, and that's what the doctor told me right away while I was uh, getting my ultrasound. She said, um, you know, I'm I'm worried that there were two lumps in there. She said, but one of them, I'm worried that this is cancer. And that's when it really hit me. Uh, when I... When I finally realized that this is real, at first it took me a few days to wrap my mind around it. Um, my primary care provider from our big system here in town called and um, shared her own story. That was very sweet of her. She had a similar story, um, gave me a little bit of support. And then that was that. She hung up, up the phone and, and that was that. I lost it, of course, and shared with my family. And, um, and then after that, my surge began. What are we gonna do? And the, the one thing you want is just get it out of me, get it out of me. And with my surgical background, I had a phenomenal uh, surgical team in town. I reached out to a surgeon who is a great, great person and a phenomenal surgeon. Uh, and I have a wonderful team at Wenatchee Valley Hospital, uh, Confluence Health. They got me in, they took care of me. Um, they got rid of the lump. And what I wanted is take the lump out, take everything you can around it so that there's no cancer left. That was so important for me psychologically. Um, and some lymph nodes were taken out as well. And unfortunately, two of those lymph nodes were full of cancer. So it was spreading very quickly. At that point, <clears throat> I was a stage one and a half. And uh, at that point, um, healing from surgery wasn't a big deal. Two days later, I was already at my church. It was Christmas time and I was singing a Christmas song. <laughs> it was my little miracle that I felt so well. Um, but then I knew that I had this big enemy against me called cancer. And so I had to do something about it. Well, meanwhile, the oncology um, story did not go so well. My oncologist who I met with once left the hospital system where she was working pretty soon after my appointment and I fell through the cracks. And then six weeks later, I realized that nothing was done and I don't have even an appointment with an oncologist or anyone. Um, six weeks flew by so quickly. I could not believe that nobody reached out. It was, it was just ridiculous. Um, here you are a cancer patient with an aggressive cancer, 37 years old. And meanwhile, I'm getting second opinions. Of course, through my clinic, I have access to consultations with oncologists. So I kept on gathering second, third, fourth opinions. And the picture I was getting was worse and worse with every single opinion. The oncologist would say that I uh, have probably about 53% chance of surviving this thing, even at stage one and a half. Um, and they said that 
my health will never be the same because the cancer that they, uh, this cancer is very aggressive and they use the chemotherapy that is very, very harsh on the body. And then radiation is to follow after the chemotherapy course, if you survive the chemotherapy course. Um, and I, at that point, I've realized I have to do something different. And of course, being an integrative practitioner, I always recommend the milder, the more natural thing to my patients. That's how we start. And then if needed, then we go into medication prescriptions and whatnot. I always give them a choice. And the, the, the opposite thing happened here. The only choice I was getting is this horrible, horrible treatment with awful side effects. Um, I could not do it. I, I knew for my family, I had to be healthy at the end of this journey. Um, I have three sons, uh, ages 15, 12, and 10. I have a wonderful husband. This year, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, last year was tough, but they got me through it. And so shortly after that, um, I have, I'm a Christian person. I pray a lot. And so all of this was given into God's hands. By then I realized that if they wouldn't even reach out for six weeks, they wouldn't even give me an appointment. I was on the phone literally for five days straight, trying to get a hold of some representative from the cancer clinic who is supposed to be available to me 24 seven for five days straight, I could not get a hold of anyone. I left message after message. So when this happened, and um, meanwhile, I'm praying and I'm getting more and more peace about leaving the big system and taking my health decisions into my own hands. And this is where the beautiful things started happening. Um, many people were praying for me, like I said, and when I was making my decisions, I knew it was led by God. Um, so here I am, you know, Googling things. Meanwhile, I'm already doing uh, some treatments, so vitamin C infusions, which were miraculous in themselves. And this is something that I did not think was going to treat my cancer, but I'm doing these vitamin C infusions for six weeks straight, and I am researching. And it was just a simple Google search where a hospital came up uh, called Oasis of Hope out of Tijuana, Mexico. This is one of the integrative um, hospitals where they use a lot of different things, as you see on the website that popped up. There's physical restoration, of course, that's important. There's emotional renewal. There's lots of psychological health, lots of counselors. And spiritual revival, uh, the pastor who's there on staff has been there for 10 years. So we've really connected with him while I was there at the hospital. So um, basically, they use four pillars to how they treat a person. It's not just here is the tumor, let's kill it and let's not allow any of these cells to spread or, or grow. Um, instead, they are looking at nutrition, they're looking at psychological health, stress reduction, they're looking at the spiritual component. And all of these things put together is what really caught my eye. And as I'm researching online, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, sends me a link to this very hospital. And she says, hey, check this out. This looks really good. <laughs> Wow. When she sent that to me, I was like, hmm, must be divine intervention here. Let's really look into that. Um, so uh, one of the criteria I had was when I was doing the searches, um, do they use vitamin C for treatments? 
of course, you know, I'm not giving medical advice here, even though I'm a nurse practitioner and I, I usually give medical advice, but this is not it. I'm just sharing my story of what worked for me. And uh, I do know that a lot of countries around the world do use uh, vitamin C infusions in high doses for cancer treatments. Uh, and they will use it in combination with chemotherapy. Some say absolutely not, cannot do. It actually defeats the purpose. So there's a lot lot of uh, questions up in the air on that. I had a wonderful success story there with vitamin C alone. So as I was researching, like I said, for six weeks, I'm doing these vitamin C infusions. I get a breast MRI, which shows that my tumor was, I hope I'll tell you all the correct numbers, but 3.2 centimeters. So pretty large tumor. So 3.2 centimeters at MRI. Two weeks later, I have my surgery. The pathology report comes back and the tumor is 2.1 centimeters. So it shrunk about a third. Triple negative aggressive breast cancer does not shrink in two weeks, period. Only with very aggressive treatment. So I was like, this works and this is cool. And, and the so only thing you were doing was vitamin C at the time. Only vitamin C, nothing else. Yeah, I just kept on taking, you know, uh, my supplements, my vitamins, that was that. Yeah. So um, moving forward with all of that, when I finally made my decision uh, to go forward with the alternative cancer treatment, I told all my family, you cannot. Oh, say hi to Janet. Hi, Janet. Thanks for having me on this. Uh, so... Uh, when I decided to move forward with it, I told everyone, you cannot make that decision for me. And trust me, there are a lot of really wonderful people who wanted to recommend things and say, you should totally do this. And this is something that I will share just from a patient's perspective, um, from a nurse practitioner perspective as well. Do not tell people what to do when it comes to a serious diagnosis. You can send links. You could say, hey, I researched this, check this out. But if I made this decision and then I died a year later, who would have that responsibility or who would feel the guilt, not the responsibility? It would be that person. And I told my husband, my parents and uh, everyone who really wanted to help me, I said, do not take this on yourself. I will make that decision. So allow uh, your people, your loved ones to make that decision so that there is no guilt later on. And uh, the success can be celebrated together. So I will fast forward a little bit for you guys because I know I'm keeping everyone kind of. No, no, waiting. no. We love your story, Olga. Please. Okay. There's okay. no rush. We want to hear all the details. Sounds good. A, a few things that I want to um, elaborate on. So, um, you know, here you have a serious diagnosis that is, you know, probably deadly if it goes untreated. Mm -hmm. Um. And the clinic doesn't call you back for six weeks. And, and just, I mean, just think, you know, you're, you're, you're a healthcare professional. So you know that that's not appropriate. Um, imagine if you were a, just a lay patient that doesn't know how to navigate the system and you just fell through the cracks like that. Unfortunately, as you'll probably agree, this seems to be more common than not when it comes to healthcare anymore is this is the kind of service we get. Now, from what I understand from what you told me about this Oasis of Hope Hospital is that once you decided to use, to use them, 
it was a totally different situation. Absolutely. It was. Yes. So I gave them a call on a Monday. Uh, They returned the call right away. And I was already in the hospital that same week on Thursday. In Mexico. In Mexico, in Tijuana, Mexico. So I flew, I'm in Washington State, and I flew into San Diego, California, and uh, a great driver, who's actually now a friend of mine, picked me up at the airport, took me over the border, and right into the hospital. So that evening on Thursday, I received my first treatment, which was just detoxification, simple stuff that they start with. So that's how quickly everything went. Granted, somebody might say, hey, you pay them a lot of money. So, and I like to, you know, give people an idea of how much it costs. So it was $30,000 for my three weeks of initial treatment, which was the whole shebang. And I'll explain what that involves. Okay, let, let, me, let me just elaborate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and you can help me. $30,000, mm-hmm. what do you think the chemo treatments locally would have been? I'm guessing well over hundreds of thousands of dollars, correct? Absolutely. So it's not expensive. Now, one of the reasons why is this place, and I'm looking for you to converse with me. My guess is, is that this place doesn't take traditional insurance. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, there you go. So elaborate on that because for understand, because I know your story from talking to other people also, is you have a health sharing ministry and even though it wasn't covered on typical insurance, your health sharing ministry did end up reimbursing you for this, correct? No, that is not true. I know a lot of stories of women doing similar treatments uh, and men, and uh, they have been reimbursed by health sharing ministries 100%, except for their small deductible that they paid initially. Yep. But then everything else was covered. I unfortunately did not have a health uh, sharing ministry insurance. I wish I did. Uh (laughs) I wish I did. What reimbursed my first $30,000 were my friends, family, and strangers. A friend of mine started a GoFundMe page. And on the day I was supposed to pay $30,000 to this hospital, they had $30,000 in my GoFundMe account. So whenever somebody wonderful, whenever somebody sees it, well, and just to elaborate on that, what a health sharing ministry is. Yes, we'll do. um, do. And we talked a lot about it on our podcast and it's probably Mm -hmm. something to reiterate again, but a health sharing ministry is basically where um, believers in Christ from all over the world um, give money in a pool to give to people that get sick. And, and really even though you didn't have a traditional health sharing ministry in the sense, mm-hmm. what you just explained is a health sharing ministry. Yes, exactly. I, I, exactly. And, and, and um, that's, that's how they work. And it's sometimes it's unbelievable for people to believe that that can work, but it works. Oh, it I mean, works it works. Well. <laughs> right. So I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I just want to, I want to um, elaborate on costs Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and how actually when $30,000 sounds expensive, mm-hmm. it's really not when you look at the other options. Yes. Uh, right. So, and the other option, you might not be alive today. They wanted to do aggressive chemotherapy. And this is something I do want to get into. 
that makes people's hair fall out, makes people sick, the chemotherapy can kill them. How many people like you, Olga, took that traditional route and and didn't didn't fare very well um, when they could have done something like you did? So that's why it's so important as healthcare professionals for us to educate and empower patients to make their own healthcare decisions. Exactly. Let's backtrack a little bit on the insurance. So I have traditional insurance. I have phenomenal insurance. We pay $1,500 deductible and then everything else is covered after that, except for $20 co-pays. Amazing, okay, right? I la- Sorry. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but can I, I have a very big passion about traditional insurance, as you know. Mm-hmm. So, of course, everything is covered unless it's a treatment that isn't covered, like your treatment. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, mean, I mean, here's my opinion. And, and Olga, I'm glad you have good insurance through your husband. And I'm just going to say this. I do not believe, this is my opinion. I do not believe if you have traditional insurance, healthcare insurance, there is such thing as good traditional healthcare insurance. It's mm-hmm. all government insurance. And here's why. I don't care if it's public or it's private or it's Blue Cross or United. It's all government regulated and they are told what to cover at what price and they don't cover alternative treatments like this. So traditional exactly. health insurance, in my opinion, there's no such thing as good insurance. It is a ripoff. It's a scam. Like you say, you're paying $1,500 a month for what? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, <laughs> what, we covered, what got covered through this whole cancer story is my surgery. They yes. charge yeah, my insurance. $35,000 for the surgery. Now, let that sink in. $35,000 in Wenatchee, Washington. I would have gotten the same surgery in Mexico in that same cancer hospital. Let me guess. Let me guess. Hospital. And, and they, $2,500. $2,500. Yeah. They would have started, yeah. started cancer treatment right away. Right. Well, let's, let's, right. And they would have done it right away. Now, let's face it, Olga. I mean, I, I'm not a surgeon and I don't pretend to be. But but let's face it, you're a, surgic, you're a former surgical nurse. The cancer was localized with some lymph nodes, correct? Yes. I mean, seriously. I mean, it can't take longer than an hour, maybe two hours. I don't know. But that hour doesn't... And a half. Hour yeah. and a half for right. thorough surgery. That's not $35,000. No, I mean, I mean, think about that. That 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 that's ridiculous, is what that is. Twenty five hundred, a thousand dollars an hour for a surgeon's time. Sure, I, yeah. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Another um, thing is, I had knee surgery that was ten years ago or so, which cost my insurance sixty five thousand dollars for a two year two hour procedure. Um, so there is a great surgery center in Idaho, which would have charged $6,500 for the same procedure with identical graft and everything. Granted, I had the wonderful Dr. Rossi, Michael Rossi, work on my knee here in Wenatchee. He's one of the best in the, in the whole United States, but it is Wenatchee, Washington, I mean, it should not cost $65,000. No. And I, I'm sure if you go to what, what in Idaho, what surgery center are you talking about? I cannot remember the name off the top of my head, but there's one specifically, I'll have to get back to you on that one. There's one specifically that lists all of the prices right away. It's all cash paid. 
I'm no guessing insurance accepted, and yeah. and they will charge you that. <laughs> so my guess is it's Veritas Surgery Center out of Moscow, and they're basing their their um, surgery and their whole plan off the surgery center of Oklahoma, where everything is transparent. You can look up a total knee and all that. And I was going to guess sixty five hundred dollars because if you look up on the surgery the Sur surgery center of Oklahoma, I'm going to share this so people know it. They are very transparent about pricing mm -hmm. and um, they have listed on their website prices. And if you go into, you can go into like, what'd you do? Total mm -hmm. knee? Uh, no, I had uh, ACL reconstruction with meniscal repair. Is that the first one up here? We see a ligament repair. Yes, yes. yes. Plus, plus, I had meniscal repair on top of that. But yeah, yeah. seventy nine hundred bucks. Now, remember, when you're looking at these prices, this is all inclusive. This is anesthesia. This is um, surgery. This is mm -hmm. the surgery center time. This also at Surgery Center of Oklahoma includes um, physical therapy afterwards. So wow. this price, no surprises, transparent pricing, mm -hmm. um, and no surprise bills. Yeah. So pretty right. amazing. It is, it is. And I'm sure if you look it up on their site, you could find maybe, I don't know if they do breast cancer removal. They, they do thyroidectomies. So they probably do. Um, but you could probably find it on this site also. So mm -hmm. listeners and viewers, pay attention because if you need an elective surgery, it's worth the flight to Oklahoma. Absolutely. Um, and in my case, if I did not have the insurance coverage here, Another $35,000 just for surgery would have been very difficult to come up with versus over there, 2,500, what's 2,500 these days. And that surgery would have uh, been uh, performed by Dr. Contreras, who is the CEO of the hospital. He is a uh, surgical oncologist. He loves surgery. And he's the Who's one that that who did your treatments, no? What's that? Is he the guy that did your treatments? Yes, he was responsible. He was the one who made all the decisions. And then I had a second oncologist, Dr. Um, Sisenia, who is now in contact with me. So that initial treatment uh, comes with five years of follow-up with these docs. That means I can call them at any time. They will return my calls. I can schedule video calls. I can send them my test results. I basically have an oncologist at my disposal at all times of the day for five years. In, 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 incredible. Now, compare that to our, to, our, to our local traditional system in the United States or locally in your area. Is that the case? Would that be the case? No. I mean, you can't get through just to talk to a nurse, let alone unless you walk in there and, and demand a nurse, <laughs> uh, let alone, you know, get a hold of an oncologist. You can send a message. Uh, a medical assistant's going to read it, and then maybe you might get a reply from a physician days later, weeks later, sometimes never. So that's that's the story. Now, um, these doctors all speak English. Dr. Contreras is an MD from, uh, he graduated from a medical school in the United States, and he speaks excellent English, uh, of course. And then he also did a fellowship at Harvard at one point as well in his ed education. And he was planning to continue uh, staying in the United States, living here and working here, but he was not allowed to practice how he knew 
was right when it comes to oncology care. And so his father founded this hospital in Tijuana in the 60s. And he said, I'm just going to take over my my father's hospital and continue. And that was the best decision of his life. And we're very grateful to him for doing that because we have this option. So all he wrote, the, wrote a book too, correct? Yes, this is his book. Well, he wrote a lot of books, but if yeah. you are interested in the type of cancer treatments I received in a very easy language to read, this is the book. It's phenomenal. He basically talks about how the immune system can kill off its own cancer cells uh, and how they just aid in that process with their treatments. Super simple. Uh, so for those who are cancer survivors also, there are so many tips in this book that uh, talk about you know, how not to get cancer back in your body. Uh, so lots of great health tips, nutrition tips, exercise, whatnot. But also um, he goes into all of the types of treatments they do and how important it is to do all of them together at the same time. So he has been fighting to get his treatment published and approved for use in the United States for over 20 years now. And um, what the FDA is telling him is, we need to approve one treatment. He says, but it is, I believe it's 19 treatments together that need to happen. And they say, we need to approve one. So you give us which one of those is the helpful one, and then we'll approve it. He says, but it's not the one, it's all of them right. together. They have to work synergistically. It's just a joke. It really is a joke. He says, so how can I put temperature therapy, ozone therapy, medications, uh, supplements, liposomal supplements, all of that into one pill for you guys to approve? Right. I mean, that's just plain ridiculous. So he talks about each one of those types of tre treatments and how they all work synergistically in this book. In, uh, I mean, my 10-year-old can read it and understand it. It's so well written. So yeah, yeah definitely recommend Dr. this. Yeah, if, if anybody's interested for themselves or anybody uh, in their lives, this is it. Yeah, Dr. Francisco Contreras, The Art and Science of Undermining Cancer. Let, let's just, you, you, you touched on a couple of things that, that hit me. Um, we talk about supporting the immune system to fight off cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that's very important to remember is that we, we all get bombarded by, by, by carcinogens that can cause cancer all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have an immune system. Cause if we didn't have an immune system to fight off those cancers, they would over proliferate and they would kill us. Mm -hmm. and, and cancer is a little bit like bacteria and viruses. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's everywhere that can cause cancer and those cells that are bad, like a bacteria or a virus start replicating too much in the body and our immune system, but, our, but if our immune system's healthy, it just goes away and we mm -hmm. fight it off. Exactly. And cancer, right. And cancer is the same. And it's not surprising to me that, you know, the FDA wants to approve one treatment, um, when reality it's a whole body treatment. We, mm -hmm. we need a healthy body to fight off cancer. Mm -hmm. um, that there's not some magic, one magic pill. And what's interesting too, Olga, is that when we do traditional chemotherapy, it's usually not one drug. Mm -hmm. they, do, they do a combination. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why won't they approve this? There, there's more going on than just... Because it know. works. 
Exactly. Right. Because it works very well. I have seen. So let's uh, keep on talking about my hospital um, trip and the the type of treatments. I do want to touch base on the immune system and whatnot. But I will tell you when uh, I showed up over there and they started with simple things. Here's some detox stuff and I won't go into those details. But here is you know, simple mineral IVs to get started just to prepare your body. And it's like, I am a cancer patient and you're giving me the IV of, you know, vitamins and minerals that I would have gotten at home in my own clinic. You know, I get the stuff here all the time and our patients get them, Um, you know, but they start with very, very simple things and then education. Uh, So basically the whole experience was what was included is a hospital room that looks pretty much like a great hotel room with two beds in it. You're able to bring another person with you. My husband joined me a little bit later there. So um, you have that. You have um, an oncologist. You have a hospitalist. You have your own psychologist. You have a pastor. You have... um, nutrition therapy therapist and you have art therapist <laughs> so they art 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 yeah we did that Just <laughs> well there were sessions in the afternoons and you could do like a cooking class these they have a great kitchen set up where they we all sit around this great big table and they teach us how to cook healthy food uh art therapy you sit down and and you work on the project you do a painting you do something and they teach you stress reduction techniques that way there is there was even pet therapy some as one of the gals a psychologist brought her own dog and she talked about you know how pets can be therapeutic and and the stress reduction associated with having a pet and and then of course there's official like pet therapy sessions that you could do so they they basically broadened the horizons they showed us everything and the hospital is located very close to the beach and so every afternoon after these classes um before dinner i would walk over to the beach and my husband and i would just walk and uh that was my exercise we i'd run sometimes it was so cool to be right there granted tijuana is one of the uh, you know highest crime uh, cities in the world uh and so it was a little bit i was skeptical at first like getting out especially on my own the first week you know but i did not feel unsafe ever it was so fun uh, celebrating something every single day with the Mexicans on the beach. I mean, they've got their music going, they've got their junk food over there, and everybody's just enjoying it, and somebody's singing, and the kids are playing, and, uh, you know, people walk on the water. So that was really, really fun to have that little option as well. So, uh, but I feel very- along, along with these treatments, you get to go on vacation. Yeah, pretty much. And by the way, that is, th- that is therapeutic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that supports your immune system. First of all, you're out on the beach, you're getting yeah. sunshine, you're outside, you're getting all mm-hmm. kinds of neurotransmitter stimulation, mm-hmm. vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So, and then they feed you three meals a day, very healthy, plant-based. They have a garden right there next to the hospital. They actually will teach you, they have garden classes. They will teach you how to grow your food. And uh, as you sit there in the lunchroom and eat together with other cancer patients, together with some of the staff members, and then your um, partner who's with you gets the food as well, all the same stuff. My husband was missing the steak. 
poor thing. But um, yeah, he was he was healthier when he came out too. But yeah, and then they will give you all sorts of nutritious snacks in between too, so you never go hungry. Uh, but yeah, they te- they feed you and then they teach you and they provide apps with uh, these same recipes and they send the PDFs of their recipes. They basically equip you for changing your life especially for those people that don't eat very healthy in general, uh, get so much great information. So uh, moving forward, um, y- y- we eat together with all of these wonderful people and you see people who are pre-chemo and you see people who are post-chemo. And the first thought in your head is always, I am so thankful I didn't do chemo first. <laughs> oh my goodness, just the nausea, they would try to eat and then run and throw up how they look. They all lost their hair. They just looked like a walking corpse. It was the saddest thing to see for me. And when uh, people at the hospital learned that I was a 37 year old woman with an aggressive uh, triple negative breast cancer who chose not to get chemotherapy, they were shocked that I, I, got out of the system before the chemotherapy. They were shocked, both the oncologists, the staff members, and then the patients too. Um, And um, one little thing I'd I'd like to share is the first time I sat at that table with some of the cancer patients from all over the United States and some other countries too, they're known internationally. Um, When I sat down and we kind of started introducing ourselves and sharing our little stories, one of the gals who was there at the hospital, that was like her third time, because you do come back for additional treatments later. She said, oh, you have triple negative. Did you know that that is the cancer they have the most success with treating here at this hospital? I said, no, had no idea. And it was, I talked to the oncologist later and he said, yeah, triple negative is kind of like, you know, an easy one for us. It's like, I love to hear that. Help educate me. Triple negative what? Elaborate on that. To Triple negative me meaning negative hormone receptors. So right. those cancers can appear anywhere in the body, but most of the time they do appear in the breast. Um, and it means that there is no attachment of the hormones to how the cancer would spread. So um, it's and because of that, it spreads very quickly, usually and tends to be uh, much more aggressive. Of course, there are more aggressive cancers out there, but this this is not as aggressive as some other um, cancers out there. So um, ask me about the hormones later. We'll finish with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you and I, we know our hormones win and we love the bioidentical yeah. hormone treatment. So yeah, there's a little piece of the puzzle in there with the hormones as well. So... Um, after a couple of days, my official treatment started and it was simple stuff. You know, you get an infusion of vitamin C, vitamin K, you get live trial, which is what people call vitamin B17, not the official medical term. Official medical terms are live trial and amygdalin. Uh, these are... That, that, is, that is the drug they outlawed in the United States exactly, years ago, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you you cannot find it. it. How do you spell it? L-A-E-T-R-I-L-E? L- yes, Mm-hmm. There's some research on it, listeners and viewers, and I'll see if I can pull something up. But it was yeah. outlawed years ago, mm-hmm. and the American Cancer Society, they really shunned it too. And mm-hmm. people would go to Mexico to get those treatments. I know somebody that did it like 30, 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
So that is not the only thing, obviously, they do, but that is the one that really has, has the most impact on the body and on the healing. Um, just a little side note, we are able to get it in the United States if we order it from Mexico. So there is a great website that I use personally for my supplements. Um, so they started me on oral lyotrial and they started me on IV lyotrial as well while I was there. And then I'm actually continuing them here um, in the United States. I get them, you know, at my own discretion. So other things they do. Ozone therapy, which is available in the United States, it's definitely frowned upon. We have it here in Wenatchee. One of the uh, clinics, a naturopathic doctor, uh, is uh, is doing that, and she's ex exceptional at it. So ozone, basically, they take your blood, um, 400 milliliters of it to start with, and then they end with 600, and I had a few of these sessions. They take your blood through an IV. They run it through a machine that ozonates the blood basically oxygenates it. It's kind of like being in a hyperbaric chamber and, and oxygenating the blood. And then they put it right back into you. So it's kind of like, a, you know, recirculating your blood, treating it, putting it right back in. What it does is it oxygenates all the cells. Now, cancer cells cannot survive in oxygen-rich environment. But our cells, our other cells in the body, the healthy ones, thrive in oxygen-rich environment. This is why they ozonate. This is why they um, provide the body with that oxygen. Uh, so they do that. And then you get a hyperthermia treatment. Looks like a little capsule that you get into. Your head is out of the capsule. And they warm your body for 45 minutes to 104 degrees. The reason why they do that is because uh, cancer cells cannot survive in high-temperature environment our healthy cells can. And they find that perfect window where the cells are still okay, but the cancer cells are dying off. So they start with ozone. Next stop is your hyperthermia chamber. It sucked being in there. It was hot. <laughs> I you love saunas and all that. 104 degrees is that, that is hot. That, I mean, was, that was hot. Is that, you know, when we fight bacteria off, we get fevered. Mm -hmm. And there are mm -hmm. some people that don't believe in in treating the fever um, mm -hmm. because it's a way to kill the bacteria. Yeah, you know, back up to where I talked about cancer and bacteria being, you know, fought off by our immune system. It makes sense what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. you know, to kill so, cancer. and then you get out. You get out and you get your vitamin C infusion. So basically, we are killing off the cancer cells from all sorts of perspectives. So cancer cells in the beginning stages when they're still stem cells to cancer cells when they are already mature and trying to spread and metastasize to cancer cells when they're just sitting there in the tumor, um, just, just being the, the bulk of the tumor. So basically your cancer gets hit from all directions and there's no chance something's gonna escape. And meanwhile, of course, you're taking some medications. There's metformin. So this book talks about how metformin actually helps cancer cells when they're stem cells. Very interesting. I'm currently on metformin. I'm not a diabetic or pre-diabetic. Just for that cancer benefit. Uh, kill them off. Kill, kill off those cancer babies for sure. So, yeah, all of these things just fall into place beautifully. Plus, you get your lie trial amygdalin. Um, 
a few other things that were done. There, there was just so much that was put together. But this book touches on everything, the Undermining Cancer book. Uh, you guys can totally go back and read through it. So and then these are your first two weeks over there. Basically, they're like, let's kill off whatever's in the body. And in the third week, they stop all the medications and you get started on dendritic vaccine. So dendrites are our um, immune cells that are responsible for finding uh, the bad cells in the body. The dendrites have long arms, if you look at them under a microscope, and so they are blind and they're just feeling everything around them. And they feel a little cell and they're like, oh, this is this is a liver cell and this is healthy. This is great. And then they keep on moving on and they're like, oh, something's off here. Oh man, this is a bacteria alert. And it calls all the killer cells of the immune system to kill this thing off. So what happens with cancer is there is a veil phenomenal, phenomenon. Cancer likes to hide itself. And so it covers itself with a veil and these dendrites go over this beautiful veil and they're like, oh, nothing's there moving on. But the tumor grows and grows and grows and then spreads and causes a problem. And then by the time it spreads all over, then dendrites can't even figure out what to do. It's just too much. And that's when the body fails. So what this therapy does, dendritic therapy, is fairly simple. They dry your blood. They separate the blood in the lab. They have a separate lab uh, with the research department where they take out your dendrites and they like the baby dendrites that have a lot of life in them. And the life uh, of a dendrite is about six months. So they take your dendrites. They find your cancer cells. We all have cancer cells. Mm -hmm. I wish we could all get preventative dendritic vaccines. <laughs> so what they do is they separate them out and then they put these babies together with the cancer cells and they activate the dendrites against the cancer cells. And then they take some killer cells from my immune system and they put those can cancer cells together with the killer cells. They activate those two. And then a few days later, you get an IV of activated killer cells that are gonna kill off your cancer in the body. Simple IV, 15 minutes. That was all they did that day. And then the rest of the time I was on the beach with my husband. The next few days, they give you injections of your, your dendritic cells for a total of three injections. And that is what the vaccine is. Vaccine as in injection of your own cells, which has been, have been activated. So when those go near your lymph nodes in the inguinal area, so upper legs basically in the groin. So they, uh, they don't even use very much for numbing. All they do is this one big block of ice that they slap on there. That's the most uncomfortable part of the procedure. And then they inject them very quickly. And then you go and walk on the beach to spread those babies around. So those dendrites will share information within the immune system. They will let other cells know, hey, this is an enemy. Let's kill it whenever you see it. Basically, this devailing happens. Now they know what that cell looks like and what it does, and they will find it under that veil and kill it. But the whole key in order to make this work in your body is make sure you don't kill your immune system ahead of time with chemotherapy and other things. Right. This right. is why people who are coming in stage three, stage four, after they've done chemotherapy for six months to a year, and they don't feel good, they don't look good, they're going to die soon, and they show up as a last resort, 
this is, you know, they might help me. Well, their immune system, they've killed it. And by then all these cells are either non-existent or slim to none. And so they're still doing this. They're still trying. And there's still a lot of success stories, which is very impressive to me. But you have to have an immune system for this. So dendritic vaccine was the core of the therapy. Uh, there are options. You can't sign, can't sign up for cancer treatment there without the dendritic vaccine. I personally think that is the most important of all yeah. because it prevents recurrence. And that's so important, especially in the first year and then up to five years. So three weeks went by. I was done. And by then, I have not even had a PET scan. I just had my surgery that was yeah, two and a half months prior. Um, then I had this treatment. And then they sent me over the border back into San Diego to one of the uh, private radi radiology centers uh, to do my PET scan, which cost me out of pocket $1,000 versus numerous thousands of dollars here in Monachi right. Valley. Um, and I had it done. And guess what? My PET scan was completely clear. Wow. Three, three weeks, three weeks later, right? Three weeks later. I, I wouldn't say that it was the treatments that clean everything up so quickly. You know, the surgery, of course. Yeah. But there was nothing in my yeah. lymph system. Right. And it, and it had metastasized into your lymph system. So, yes. Or, or migrated into your lymph system. Right. One of my second opinions, the oncologist said, you know, with a picture like yours, I bet your cancer is already in your brain. Now, that was hard to hear. Yeah, exactly. What was so hard to hear? Well, the PET scan showed nothing. Of course, PET scan dies, doesn't diagnose metastases to the brain, but there was nothing in the body, period. And that was like, man, we're doing well. So I went um, home. This uh, A couple questions before I forget. Mm -hmm. I have a yeah. comment. So the metformin, uh -huh. um, you know, working on metabolic health, as you and I do a lot with our patients. Yes. Um, you know, metformin decreases insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, insulin resistance and metabolic health is very important for overall health. Mm -hmm. And people that have, you know, metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance, they can't, they're not, they're not healthy and they get more cancer and they get heart attacks and they all kinds of different problems. Mm -hmm. So the metformin lowering the insulin levels and, and decrease insulin resistance mm -hmm. also makes sense. I mean, it just, you know, so I'm not surprised that metformin is part of this treatment. Yeah. Um, another thing and a question actually. So first of all, you were there for 33 weeks, correct? Mm -hmm. And the fee was $30,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a deal. That think, is a deal. Think about that. Now, yeah. did did that did that include sometimes these um, places like this include that with a hotel stay? Did the hotel were the hotel stays included? Uh, well, it wasn't the hotel. I stayed in the hospital in hotel like room. So okay, I had right. nurse visitation with all my supplements in the little cup every few hours, you know, and the whole shebang that you get in a fancy hospital, basically. So, but they do. If I would have chosen to stay in the hotel on the beach, they would have given me a discount for not staying in the hospital. So, wow. so you didn't have to pay any hotel fees. Maybe your husband did when he was down there. No, he was with me. There were two beds in the... 30000 Three weeks, thirty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. I mean, you think about that. Yeah, that is a, and that you had your your food, yeah. your shelter, 
and your and your treatments phenomenal treatments and they send you home with all of your supplements for the next three months that includes high quality liposomal supplements they do special blends in their research lab uh, they have their own supplement um, production line um, specifically for this program and you get sent home with all of the stuff i brought a whole suitcase full of supplements that I was taking for the next three months and, and then a little bit after that. What, what, I mean, what a great value, seriously. Yeah. One other thing I want you to, I, I want you to touch on since we talked about it already and then we're going to move back into your story. I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing, Olga. Mm -hmm. So many good takeaways. Um, Leotrell, you pronounce it different than I. Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, Either one works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is from article from 2000. FDA cracks down on Leotrel resurgence. Um, they make it illegal. They make it even criminal. I mean, look at that. Pre-jury ind indicted. People indicted. Or, oh, I'm sorry. There are people. That's that's from a different a different uh, article. But it talks about people going to jail over it, mm -hmm. uh, which is ridiculous. So, what is your thought about why does the FDA outlaw things like this? Is it a safety issue or is it a money issue? <laughs> well. It's a money issue because it actually works. But like with everything else, like you and I know with bioidentical hormones, for example, you have to know what you're doing, just yeah. like with everything else. So trial will cause cyanide poisoning if overdone. Not the IV, not the IM. I get my trial IV every single week here. My nurses push it in here at the clinic. Uh, and this is my own, you know, stock that I get. This is not something that our clinic carries at all. So there is that IV and there's that IM that does not cause any cyanide poisoning. The oral one does. Now, I take 2,000 milligrams of, of uh, liotrile in an oral supplement form daily. 2,000 milligrams is a very high dose. Yeah. Usually, daily dose is 500 milligrams. So mine is for cancer prevention. I've never had a problem never had a problem and neither did any of their their patients over the course of oh man a long time ago from since the 60s i mean we're talking decades people have not had any trouble at all with this dose they've used this all along it's been the staple until the dendritic vaccine came around and then their uh, success rate increased significantly after the dendritic vaccine so that was a big breakthrough for them but they have not had a single problem with it so it has to be done right but the doses can be fairly high without any cyanide poisoning. Of course, I can imagine, you know, somebody saying, you know, take 6,000 milligrams, I don't know, and then somebody will have cyanide poisoning. All it takes is one person dying. And the next thing you know, FDA is like, oh, let's let's catch on to that. And let's. Uh, down. That's not always true. There's other things that they let people die. And <laughs> yeah, we won't get go into we'll that. Get into that. <laughs> I won't let you, Sean. It's another hour. <laughs> oh, that's it. Eight hours. <laughs> yeah, or eight hours and yeah. then some. We could invite a few more people in here for that one. <laughs> so, yes, um, this is basically the story as far as the treatment goes. Now, yeah, so basically, you're discharged three weeks later. You got your PET scan. That yeah. was after the three weeks. You went across mm -hmm. the border, got that. And then yeah. you came back. You, you came back home. 
Came back home. I uh, took three weeks off of all the medications to let the dendrites do their beautiful work. And then after that, I did get started on low-dose chemotherapy. Uh, I had to really fight with my insurance to get coverage for those chemotherapy medications because they could not agree with the fact that these are the medications that you need. No, you need something different with a much higher doses if we're treating breast cancer. So it took, it took me a good year to fight to fight with them. And finally, I got some coverage. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I was on low dose chemo for three months. Now how chemo is done is way different from Let's kill off the immune system with IV infusions of chemo and let's kill off everything else and hopefully the tumor will die. Over here, very low dosing, just in case the tumor is deciding to grow in there. Let's kill it little by little and not allow it to grow, not allow it to spread. Meanwhile, the immune system is what's truly killing the cancer. So this works hand in hand with the dendritic therapy. Now about the dendrites, um, the... um, Urologists of the United States actually do treat prostate cancer with dendritic vaccines. Really? Exactly the same program, specifically for uh, the prostate. Not all the urologists, of course, not all the oncologists, but there are some centers in the United States that do. So guys with prostate cancer, I definitely recommend something like this. Find that hospital. And what's interesting is that insurance will cover it. But all the other cancers, the oncologists are just not interested enough to fight it out and give people this option. And so we have to go to Mexico or other countries for that. So that's that's the, the thing. And then to continue the story, um, after that, shortly after that, I was back at work. I never lost my hair. Look at this beauty. Beautiful hair. <laughs> Never lost my hair, felt great. Of course, there were a little bit of side effects from this or that. It was, you go from taking pretty much nothing to taking uh, quite a bit of stuff. I got one of the old lady pill boxes and I just kind of took it with me everywhere I went. That was for three months. Then you get a two week break. Then you get back into it for three more months and on and on. Right now, a year and a half into it, I'm settled on mostly supplements. Uh, I still take my metformin and... um, I occasionally take a little bit of the chemotherapy medication just to give give me peace of mind that I'm doing something. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, triple negative breast cancer is very aggressive and, and it can sneak up on you. So um, additionally, I have gone back to the hospital um, a half a year later for another dendritic vaccine series. That was just one week. That cost me $10,000. Um, we stayed on in a beach house. I took my whole family with me. So it was a vacation. I went to the hospital four times for no five times, once for a blood draw and then for the injections. And the rest of the time we just chilled. <laughs> and then we went to San Diego, had a little vacation after that and came back. That was last July. And I'm planning to go back next month in March for, for another gig like that. I'm planning to take my mom with me. We'll probably either stay in the hotel on the water or um, in the hospital, depending on what they have available. And uh, all of the meals are included with that. So all of the classes are included with that. So we'll stay a part of what the hospital is doing. But now it's more like an uh, outpatient thing. So that's about $10,000 every six months this year. So this will be my last six month appointment. And then after that, it'll be once a year for a week for five years total. 
And then after that, they let you go to do your thing. And uh, you're, the you're, you're, you're one year out now, correct? Yes, almost almost a year and a half now. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, what an experience that you you're able to share with your patients and with um, you know everybody. And I just wonder, have you thought about how this would have been different if you would have went the traditional route a year and a half ago and went to keep the, you know, the full on um, chemo. Have you ever thought about how your life would be different? Of course. Um, that is the biggest blessing in my life, uh, not to go through all that. So I think of that quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I share that as a success story. I think so many people who have prayed for me and specifically on the top of the list is Jesus. Thank you for not letting me go into the traditional oncology treatment system. Very, thank very you powerful. and thank you. Um, I, I mean, I probably would not even be working right now. My, my job, I'm exhausted at the end of the day. I see, I don't see very many patients. We spend a lot of time with our patients, but I pour myself out to my patients. Right. They know, they know that when they see me, they're going to get 110% of me and I will be doing the research and I will help them in any way I possibly can. We're always looking into new ways, new things that help, that really, really help. And so with that ability, I need my brain function. There's no way I'd have the brain function that I need for this to thrive, not to just be sick and tired all the time. Um, and I would not have it if I went through the chemo radiation. And let's talk about you wanted me to come back around to hormones. So let's let's quickly, as we wrap this podcast up, tell tell us about hormones and how that can affect breast cancer or cancers. Um, tell us about that quickly. I just want to start with this is not medical advice. This is just me doing what I did. Um, with female hormones, we have we'll call them three main ones. So out of the female hormones, estrogen, uh, progesterone, and testosterone. Our body, as we get older, we lose a lot of these hormones. And after menopause, it's pretty much nothing. And so this is why our body is still okay for a good 10 years after we lose all the hormone production. Um, but then after that, Things, bad things start happening in our bodies, such as heart disease and, um, you know, bone quality loss and whatnot. So all of those things put together tell us, okay, what do we need to do with, with, with our bodies to prevent the bad things from happening? And that is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So identical with life, identical to what our body still should be making, um, you know, people who lived like the biblical days, people who lived almost a thousand years old, they had hormone production all along for a very long time. They were able to have babies in, you know, after a couple hundred years, uh, that's because they had great hormone production and whatnot. And so when you're looking at all that, you know, hormones play such a big role in, in our um, body and our health. So here at our clinic and, and Sean and his pharmacy, you know, we focus specifically on bioidentical hormone replacement. They compound the hormones for us. We have um, great education from WorldLink. Uh, Dr. Rousier is the one who it teaches us all about it. He's out of um, Utah. So you, if you're looking specifically for hormones, make sure you find someone who does bioidentical hormones. So of course, there's such a bad rap about hormones causing cancer and whatnot. I will tell you one thing. I treated my 
cancer with a hormone. I treated my cancer with progesterone. So my cancer was, of course, triple negative. But especially if I had a positive estradiol receptor, oh my goodness, I'd be all over that progesterone. Yeah, so absolutely. basically progesterone in megadoses and, and testosterone as well, really, in that case, exactly, is yeah. so needed um, to block the harmful effects of estrogen, which is overproduction, overproliferation of this estrogen, which can cause uh, tumors to start in the body. So, but you cannot just go to anybody and ask for something like this. You have to find the experts. And if you go on the World Link website, um, it's World Link Medical, and they have a list of providers who practice that way. Of course, not everybody knows what to do with hormones and cancer. And every single oncologist out there will say, absolutely not. Do not touch the hormones. We have to actually shut down all hormone production. And then every single woman who, and a man who has gotten either testosterone or all the female hormones suppressed, they know the difference. All it takes is just a few months and they know that they are aging so quickly, they feel horribly. Um, and life is pretty much, and health is downhill from there. So there is so much hope in uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, but it has to be done in a safe way. I'm so streaming just, the, just I, the cherry I, on top. <laughs> absolutely. I'm streaming the WorldLink Medical site, and this is where Olga and I have both been trained. Um, wonderful training. If you go in there, you can go to the provider directory uh, where you can find a provider that um, does um, has been trained by them to um, treat hormone replacement um, therapy, but also tell us about your guys's clinic, the clinic that you work at. Olga, mm -hmm. you guys do hormones and many other things. You're talking about vitamin C infusions. Um, tell us about your about your clinic. Yeah, we do primary care with all the bells and whistles, <laughs> and the bells and whistles are IV infusions, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. We do red light therapy. We have a red light therapy bed here. Uh, we have every type of testing out there. We do uh, genetic testing for mutations, not specifically for different diseases. So what if you know that you're going to have, you know, MS later in life? Okay. It just freaks you out and gives you anxiety. Right, right. That's the, right. What we look at is, a simple example is, when you eat your B vitamins through your food, are you able to convert them and methylate them into an active ingredient that your cells actually need? Right. An example is folate, which uh, converts into, if it's methylated, and more than 50% of us cannot methylate, but right. if it's methylated, it converts into um, nitric oxide, which then dilates blood vessels and prevents heart disease, prevents heart attacks, and this is something that's gonna keep your heart healthy. As simple as that. A simple genetic test, which is a DNA swab in the cheek, will give you all that information. And all you have to do is take some methylated folate on a regular basis. And you pretty easy. Be right. preventing heart attacks in your body. I mean, isn't that cool? So we look at all these things and, and all types of testing, and we keep everything as uh, affordable as possible for our patients. So we do not take insurance for payment. We do not spend our energy fighting with insurance. We spend our energy researching for our patients and helping our patients thrive, help with their wellness. So um, we 
are a DNP practice, direct primary care practice, not DNP, DPC practice, direct primary care, which is a membership model. You pay a set uh, amount per month and you have access to your providers. Just yesterday, I mean, I was uh, messaging with patients back and forth through the portal as if they're my best friends. I mean, oh, you have this going on. Okay, let's try this. Let's try this. Okay, why don't you come in tomorrow? I'll take a look. And then if needed, I'll prescribe, you know. Uh, where, where do you get that type of medicine? You just do not. Uh, and of course, we, like, for example, we love nurse practitioners. It's a nurse practitioner owned practice. We feel like nurse practitioners have such great training. Uh, not that we don't love MDs, but MDs just don't want to work in a practice like this, unfortunately, except for when I'll have a really cool pediatrician, an MD who's yeah. phenomenal. Um, and we had Dr. Shah, the MD who was absolutely phenomenal as well until she retired. But I wish more MDs, more uh, nurse practitioners, physician assistants would come out of big systems and embrace medicine the way we embrace it and actually get to help their patients. I mean, yesterday was my full day in clinic. I saw, what, 12 patients? You know, I, I chatted with my patients. We talked about, I'm from Ukraine. We talked about the politics. We talked about the war in Ukraine. We talked about their stresses in their lives. You know, we at some point prayed together. And, and then we talked about labs. And then we talked about the new treatment that we have, the new um, cardiac, the cardiogram system that we are trialing right now. You know, and then they were so happy when they walked out. They had a plan and they had a lifestyle plan, nutrition plan. They had supplement plan and their medications were all reconciled. And I like to get people off of their medications instead of on them. And they knew how to balance their hormones. So that's one visit. I mean, huge, huge yeah. um, change in their lives just after that one visit. And uh, my goal is to have my patients see me once a year for a wellness check and not need anything else because they're healthy. So that is kind of what we do at our clinic. And we, we try and we research, um, the cardiogram. I don't know if you've heard about it, the MCG. So Briefly, I should have, I should have Carl on to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, you should totally. Yeah. We are getting tested with Carl at the end of this month. Uh, and the, the, training that we've gotten on it was from cardiologist who's an expert on this he'd actually help us interpret our patients um results and it was so cool to see basically this cardiologist who's i think he's out of texas so he is sitting down and looking at these reports of my patients so 10 of my patients got it the first time we offered this and so he's looking at these 10 reports with me and he does not know anything about this patient's story he has never seen the chart this is just a bunch of random reports that are that come across his desk and he reads off the name and he starts telling me this patient's story like, oh, this patient uh, is prone to arrhythmias, but that arrhythmia is lying dormant, you know, uh, and, and he's just telling me this, but everything else looks great. Okay, awesome. That patient had a really severe bout of arrhythmia 30 years ago and has not wow. had it since. It captured it. Wow. Next one up was uh, a patient of mine who came to me two years ago. We started doing hormones and we started doing lifestyle changes. Not too many, but, um, but prior to that, his health was not good at all. So his report is his heart looks great now. There are no blockages in the arteries, but he does have heart remodeling from previous episodes. Yeah. 
Uh, and all of these episodes led to um, an event that happened approximately five years ago. Okay, great. That's exactly what happened in this guy's life. And then he says, but approximately a year and a half ago, he probably changed his lifestyle. And uh, um, right now, he doesn't wow. have any clogged arteries and everything looks great in there. Uh, and he tells me, tell that patient to continue his lifestyle changes. And I'm thinking, you know, plus the testosterone, DHEA. You know, those are important yeah. for that guy as well. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so um, those things just turn the health around. And when he told me, when he interpreted these results for me and taught me how to do it, I was like, I am sold. This gives me the information of an echocardiogram, because it even gives you like if there's any congenital defects in there, echocardiogram, um, a heart cath. Zeo patch and all the EKGs put together on this one sheet of paper, basically. And wow. it costs 400 bucks, you know, 500 right. bucks for our non-members. Yeah. Huge. And then you start introducing some lifestyle changes, hormones, whatever. Um, and the next thing you know, uh, you, you, you redo this test and you're going to see a significant improvement. You can drive right. all the risk to 0.0. .0. Um, and it gives us like a severity of heart disease in the interpretation. So yeah, That's pretty cool. cool. Stuff. I, I want to learn more about that. I'm going to um, invite Carl on our show to do that. Yeah. Um, well, you you do a, you guys do a wonderful job. We love working with you guys. Um, and there is a movement, as you know, for more doctors and nurse practitioners to go to non-traditional clinics like yourself mm -hmm. because they're not happy with where they're at. They they mm -hmm. most. Most healthcare professionals that practice in traditional insurance-based medicine, they don't mm -hmm. like it. They're fighting with insurance companies all day. Mm -hmm. They're not treating patients like they, they thought they were going to. So, And tell us a little bit about um, the fees. So we talked about how affordable your treatment really was in, mm -hmm. in Mexico. Tell us about how affordable healthcare really is at Pacific um, Northwest Wellness. So our um, membership fees are recently changed a little bit but approximately $65 a month for someone up until I believe the age of 50. So don't quote me on that but you guys can get into our website and see all of that. Um, and then with age the the fee increases up to I believe $100 a month. So we have so many people who have high deductible insurances that are our patients and they say we get all the treatments needed here and we never have to dip into our deductible. And it is much cheaper than if we would have paid our deductible if we were in the system. And not just cheaper, but better. You get better access. They can get into yeah. you right away. Yeah. But that's $65 a month. They have 24-7 access to a healthcare professional. That is incredibly affordable and incredible service, quality, and price. Mm -hmm. all rolled up into one. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you do, Olga. Thank you. Well, I'm happy. You know, I know that a lot of uh, nurse practitioners, MDs out there are not happy. I am. I can say I'm excited about going to work. I love seeing my patients. We give a lot of hugs here. I have some patients come and they say, you guys give the best hugs, you know, like we actually connect with the patients. We become right. friends. Some of my patients donated towards my cancer treatments. I was like, oh my goodness, you guys didn't have to do that. 
So I, I was just blown away by the love and support. And they're, they're like, we're just paying back for what you've been giving us all these years. So that's huge. Right. So yeah, coming out of the big systems in practices like this one is something that a lot of providers would love. And I would say a lot of people ask reimbursement wise, I bet I'm making a lot more now than I would have in the big system. I bet I, I love do. it. I love it, Olga. I'm thank very you. happy with this. Thank you for sharing your story and yeah. all your wisdom and knowledge that you shared today. Um, very, very helpful. One of our goals of our podcast is to educate and empower people to take charge of their own health. You definitely helped us realize this goal today. Um, you just happened to be a patient to share your story, and now you can share it with other, other patients. So um, I really appreciate you being on, Olga. Listeners and viewers, Thank you for tuning in today. Um, Olga, I can't thank you enough. Um, thanks for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday to our regular scheduled podcast. We will have another ARNP on, um, Jennifer Carlson. She is going to be talking about um, sex and how sex, healthy people have regular sex and sex makes you healthy. So you do not want to miss out for that. And of course, hormones are a big part of that. So thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.